Hey, 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 it's me, Rad Celebrity Hairstylist here, your host of the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. If you like, share, subscribe, comment, and turn your notifications on for the podcast, that would be amazing. We have a wonderful guest today, Richie from Evolve Salon. So I'd like to welcome you, Richie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> wow, because I think it's been a while since um, you wanted to come on, and, and we've just been so busy and trying to get new and exciting talent. Um, I believe you've been in the hair industry about five years or so. Yeah, five, six years. Yeah, going, uh, yeah, going on about six years now. Okay, so how did you get excited? What was that uh, um, bulb moment that said, I want to do hair as opposed to something else? Well, that's a good question. I basically went to uh, graphic design school. So at a high school, I had really no idea what I wanted to do. I always had hair in the back of my mind um, as something that I just enjoyed doing. So I was like practicing at home on my family members and um, even like my sister, for example, they were definitely my test subjects for <laughs> quite some time. Um, and then I went to, um, I went to graphic design school, business marketing, advertising um, at Durham College. Um, so I did a three-year diploma course. And um, just in kind of in that time frame, um, I was kind of like figuring out who I was as a person, um, you know, trying to like definitely had some, um, some things in high school that kind of reserved me from being who I wanted to be. So, um, you know, I was battling with my sexual um, identity, I guess, like my, my, um, my, I guess my, uh, my gender preference, if you will, like with um, who I wanted to be with. So um, getting into hair at that moment in high school, like right out of high school, I was like, I don't want people to know yet, even though most people are like, Richie, mm-hmm. it's cool. <laughs> um, so I decided to, after after uh, college, I worked for a year, saved up some money, um, and I just enrolled myself into hair school. And it was something that um, I've never looked back on. I'm enjoying my life so much more. Um, and that was kind of like the transition time where I wanted to, um, you know, explore something that I was so passionate about down in my heart, but I couldn't project it out at the time. Mm-hmm. So what was it like looking back your first day of school, like going into hair school, you know, you're like, so were you the only guy in school? Was there other guys there? Was it, what kind of experience was it for you? Like starting school, hairdressing school? So I remember my first day walking into hair school and I, I sat down, like you go into the school, you walk up the stairs and you just sit down and wait until you're, until the teacher comes over and says, okay, you're the new month starting. And I remember looking around the room, there's a few other people. I was not the only guy. We had two, no, three other guys in the class, which is, I thought was amazing. Cause I was kind of hope like not hoping, but I was going into it with, you know, there's going to be a lot of women here, which is great. Um, and, you know, I actually was the last guy standing by the end of hair school. Um, I was the only one that kind of made it through. Wow. In my group, wow. yeah. So the other guys didn't didn't stay, couldn't stick it out, or? Um, I just think or... it was a change of, um, well, actually, no, that's a lie. There's one, there one guy that made it through, which is nice. Okay. Um, so we both made it through, but um, some people just didn't really... Um, go forward with it. They just found other passions and stuff like that and realized maybe it wasn't the career mm-hmm. path for them. Um, but uh, yeah, it was very, very tough that way. Um, uh, I made it through and I was, I was really, really excited. I came out with so much um, knowledge and like things I thought I knew in the beginning. <laughs> um, I'm doing like home stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so were you like most, I think when you look in the mag, Oh, this will be fun. It's going to be so easy. I'm going to just make everybody beautiful and I'm going to make a ton of money. 
Yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Because that's, that's what a lot of hairstylists believe. Because when I w- went to school, I was the only guy there. I had three instructors who were like hardcore. But, you know, they taught you the most. And I think as far as, like you say, longevity, a lot of people even left while in, in the process of training because they found either they couldn't deal with um, the products or you know what it is when you're shampooing all the time and you first start, your hands get dry, they crack, they bleed. It depends on, I guess, the shampoo, like if you're not used to it, right? Yeah. For a lot of people, it's a lot different. Um, my, I was a little bit lucky for me because being the only guy, a lot of times the clientele would recommend and say, oh, you know, I want the guy to do my hair. So for me, it was a little bit better just because I got on the floor a lot faster. I learned how to give really good massages, uh, yeah. scalp massages when we we're doing it. So of course they would recommend me and then they would say, you know, Hey, do you know how to set hair? Do you know how to cut hair? You know how to, I mean, I'm like, sure. I go to ask the teachers. So for me, yeah, it was great. I got, I, I actually graduated the class ahead of mine, two and a half months ahead. So oh, amazing. I, I put in all the extra time, did all the extra stuff. But yeah, like you say, there were a lot of people that didn't last, either left, decided it was, uh, you know, not the career choice for them, or were coming from something else, or left school, and then I see them working at a department store, and they've never, you know, <laughs> they've yeah. never done anything, anything since. So when you graduated, um, so what happened from there? Did you do apprenticeship? Where did you go? Um, what was your your journey from there? So basically, like as soon as I graduated hair school, I always had a mentor um, in the in the background. So like I was getting my hair, technically I was getting my hair colored at the hair school. Um, and then I was getting my haircuts done by um, my mentor, Patrick from Great Lengths Hair Gallery in Markham. Um, and I, he was doing my hair for years prior to that. And he was telling me, he's like, I was always asking him questions and, um, and asking him how, like I do certain things. And he'd be like telling me everything I know, but he goes, go to hair school, go to hair school, go to hair school. So he had a big influence on my, um, on my enrollment in hair school as well. And, and the influence behind it, he goes, Richie, you need to go to hair school. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did. Um, and then he goes, when you're done hair school, he goes, let me know you have a job with me. So I was guaranteed and lined up from the beginning before I even started, which is really, really nice. That they had that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, out of hair school, I, I knew exactly, I had a start date. I had everything all ready to go. And most people were still trying to find that their groove and their path and what hair salon they were going to work at. Um, so I ended up working at that one in Markham, Great Lakes Hair Gallery. It's a high end salon in Markham and they, um, yeah, they just took me in under their wing and I knew them for years prior. So it was very, very mm-hmm. easy. Um, and very, very natural just me walking in there and it was like, I was at home. So yes. Yeah. Well, it's nice because then you already knew them. You're already comfortable there. Probably some clients had seen you before, maybe yeah. kind of there and it kind of builds and something similar. I had something already lined up when I left, which I think really makes a big difference. And like you say, it's so tough for people graduating. Where do you go? Right. You know what I mean? And then during the apprenticeship process and that sort of thing with a great length name, is that any association with the hair extensions? No, actually, it was, it was a coincidence. Um, yeah. However, we did we did do Great Lengths extensions uh, there as well. Okay. Um, so it was just a coincidence. It just happened that way. Um, and then, yeah, that's that's just the the name behind it is just what it is. It had no affiliation. We just do use their products. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh no, that's amazing! It's amazing. So with 
with your journey, do you think that doing hair was the right choice for you? Or <laughs> without a doubt, you're like, that's, it's, it's in my eat, breathe, live hair. It's in the fiber of my being. It's <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely, yeah. it definitely was from the get go. Like, um, like I have no regrets at whatsoever. I, I literally walk into my place of work now, um, where I, I don't think about it as a job. It's naturally just, I'm going in to do something I enjoy doing. Um, and it, you know, everybody has their ups and downs. I've had my ups and downs where I'm like, is this right? I'm not getting paid enough. I'm not doing this. I, mm -hmm. but you know, it's all about shifting that mindset because mm -hmm. nothing comes easy. Um, being a hairstylist, like in terms of like making money, um, you make money, you start off at, mm -hmm. at the bottom and then you work yes. your way up into, you know, and you build your commissions, you build your sales, whatever it may be. Um, but like me being five, six years in, I'm mm -hmm. just starting to see that kind of turnaround now. So, okay. um, it's been, it's, it's a process and it's, um, and it's something that you have to be in it to win it. It's not just something mm -hmm. that you're going in for a paycheck. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's yeah. a It's, it's a hobby. It's all these things combined into one. Mm -hmm. So how did you go about when you first started trying to build a clientele? What kind of things did you do? Did your salon offer anything to build you up or did you do a lot of it on your own? So naturally, um, I took to social media uh, because that's where the, the great, um, the great uh, impact is right in there. So I got into social media right away. I started off with, I think, like four or 500 followers um, just because it was my personal page at the time. And then because I already had that following, I converted it over into a hair page and started deleting all my content that I had from like high school, <laughs> which was interesting. Um, but it was all about, um, uh, basically, you know, going through social media, um, the salon, uh, great lengths that I was at, um, they put me on Tuesdays, all my services were 50% off. So they'd fill up mm. my Tuesdays and then it started trickling over. And then I did that for about, I would say maybe like six months to a year. But then in that time frame when I couldn't fit people in that Tuesday, I was overflowing people and they were just coming in naturally anyway. So I filled my books in that way. Okay. And then I also just made sure that I was, you know, talking about my services. I was promoting myself consistently, um, making sure I had Instagram content. Um, sometimes I would lag in between my Instagram content, but I would still be reaching out to people and like posting stuff in my stories and whatever that may be. So I would say like a lot of the salon and the salon fed me clients as well, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were handing me over clients. I was, you know, doing that promotion. Um, some days we, there was a promotion that we did, um, where, we would hand out, um, like we'd go to all to the managers in like in Markville mall and we'd give them like a manager deal, like a card mm -hmm. and they'd come in and see me like that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. that worked out for a little bit. And then I just started getting really busy. So I was like, Hey, drop the promo. Let's just go full tilt. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was great. I, that's how I built my clientele and obviously just, you know, keeping, you know, rebooking in my mind. I wasn't so good mm -hmm. about it in the beginning, yeah. but um, I don't think anybody is, but then afterwards you start kind of realizing, especially now, mm -hmm. um, you know, being where I am now for the last six months um, with Evolve Hair Studio, mm -hmm. rebooking is our thing. Like we are into rebooking consistently. Um, and that's how we build and build and build and keep filling our books. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So before we talk more about Evolve, I just want to go back. And so when you were switching from that promotion, was yeah. there any kind of, so if a client's used to paying 50% off, then what happens when they come in the next time and it's regular price? So what we were doing was we, when, once we were uh, talking about dropping the promo, we can't just drop it and cut it off. So what we did instead was 
we started letting people know, okay, next time, like, or next month, I'm starting to actually go, um, we're removing this promotion, Mm -hmm. just letting you know, here's our options. Um, here are my prices. I would set them out and people Mm -hmm. were just comfortable enough anyways. You know, some people were like, oh, like, you know, that's, you know, it's still now really, really expensive. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but you're getting 50% off for basically like a year for a few hair appointments. Mm -hmm. And, um, most people, most people were like, yeah, that's totally cool. We understand. We knew it wasn't going to be forever. It was a great promo. Thank you so much. Some people were like, I can't pay that. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I thought my prices were reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people are like, I can't pay that. I was like, cool. That's fine. Um, And and, and you're going to find always people like, I mean, and, and it's very tough, like, especially being a junior. So did you turn like with your salon, was it like a tiered pricing or was it like straight pricing across the board for everyone? It was tiered. It was definitely tiered. I started off, um, I started off, I think, uh, yeah, I was definitely a junior, like I, like Mm -hmm. the entry level position. Um, so I was a junior and then I moved up into intermediate, um, okay, so that. do they oh, yeah. kind of like, and they would let clients know, okay, now he's done his apprenticeship, he's done his, now he's moved to the next level, and yeah. then, you know what I mean? So then, yeah, they would know a couple months ahead or say, yeah. hey, to your clients, I'll be moving up to the next tier, you know, yeah. be aware, and, and, you know, here's, and like you said, give out your price list so they know ahead of time. It's not a big shock. I think it's always good to let your clients know, depending on how often they come, but at least three months prior, if you can. Absolutely. Because it gives them a couple appointments to kind of get used to before, you know, before they, they come for it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so with that shop, because you're, you're no longer there now, and I know you loved it there, but you as a person, as a stylist, um, what made you want to change um, locations or just if you needed to grow as a stylist or you need different input? Because sometimes too, it's not always the salon. Sometimes it's just the stylist saying, hey, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm needing something else. So your situation to go to Evolve, what kind of made you want to make the shift from where you were to where you are now? Um, so great question. I, there's a lot of different factors that I factored in. Um, you know, I've always like, even from when I started hair, I've always said that I want to work and live in Toronto, like downtown Toronto, that's where my heart is. And that's where it's always been. So that was definitely one thing that I, um, that I definitely had to, um, try to like, I just had to make it happen. And it was the opportunity presented to me, um, when I wasn't really looking at the time. Um, so um, basically like there's another couple factors too. Like there was no bad blood ever with my mm-hmm. last salon. I was always, you know, I'm always a part of their family. They're always a part of me. Like I, there's no, um, there's no animosity between us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we, like what I was given, um, at Evolve or like what was different was, um, just a different culture, different set of clientele. Um, you know, obviously keeping room for my uh, current clientele. Um, and it was just a little bit different, you know, pay wise, pay structure, um, you know, just certain work hours were different. Um, something that would fit into my lifestyle Mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with the fact that the other salon couldn't give that to me. It was just, you know, they, it was just kind of just time for me to change and, you know, to advance further. Mm -hmm. Um, so like for me, I wanted to climb really, really fast. And then, um, so me moving to evolve would, how I would allow that, um, and give me a little bit more variety and option in order to do Mm -hmm. so, especially because the salon is bigger. Um, and there's just a lot more, 
um, there's just a lot more option for me. Mm-hmm. And it was just more of like my lifestyle that I wanted. Yeah. And it also depends on what's in your life plan and where you want to go and where you want to be and how you see yourself. Right. Because I think sometimes even as much as you love a certain place. And as I say, even myself, I've been at a couple different salons before I opened my own, but the same sort of thing, you just coming in, working behind the chair, going home, eat, sleep, come back, do the same thing again. You know, sometimes you need that change. Sometimes you need to be stimulated. Sometimes you need to grow. And it's wonderful that you can keep friends with, you know, past employers or past jobs. And they understand that you are on your learning curve. You are on your growth stage. You are where you want to be, where you can excel. That you're thankful for them for giving you the opportunity. And without probably them giving you the thing, hey, you should go to hair school. You may have just stuck with your other and then never even gave it a <laughs> a second yeah. thought so so now you're at evolve so now so evolve is more in toronto correct yes um it's in toronto it's down on fort york boulevard mm-hmm. um just in like the heart of city place so with there <laughs> yeah so with there there's i probably i guess more going on more things happening um clients are wanting um type of different looks and things like that Um, something that would probably um, challenge you more creatively yes definitely so um, it's just a different culture and what different people want so a lot of the stuff um, that I was catering to in terms of my services was um, you know definitely like balayage um, uh, ombre um, just like extensions and everything like that the downtown core like you get your kind of different pockets of clientele mm-hmm. I was noticing that I was getting you know a younger clientele in Markham um, but then I was getting some older and I was just doing like basic like highlighting techniques root mm-hmm. touch-ups basic haircuts um, and which there's nothing wrong with but if I want to tailor myself in, and transform myself into mm-hmm. um, more of a balayage um, aspect so I was doing like lived in balayages um and everything and it was great um and but I was spending like I was spending five six hours on one client Mm -hmm. and you know booking some people in between which is obviously a good thing to do Mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to charge what I should be um so I think that and it has nothing to do with any salon it's just your demographic is what it is you're setting the bar for the area and you can't be overpriced but you also can't be under mm-hmm. so I found that like for me spending the five six hours that I was doing these elaborate techniques where I'm creating a balayage on somebody or like a foilage I'm foiling in and creating blunt lines into the hair and then I need to go and root melt it and make it look that way that was like five six hours of my time and I'm mm-hmm. charging two two three hundred dollars mm-hmm. which is you know on average what people are but like being able to be downtown if i'm spending that time i'm charging for it mm-hmm, exactly I think that's where i i just saw the difference and mm-hmm. creating the looks that i wanted to create and what people wanted from me mm-hmm. and i think with the menu just with a basic service menu if you say haircut is this much foil is this much highlights are this much balayage is this much that's fine but the only thing is like you said a client may take you 90 minutes a client may take you five hours yet you're charging the same so a lot of it depends on your product costs it depends on your time that you're putting in right so if you could do a couple of clients in that same time it's going to be different than if you're taking almost a whole day for one client Um, I think it's very important and like you said with each salon they have their own culture so 
with the culture, I, I think it's like the type of clientele, the type of energy, the type of music, the type of stylists. And, and so what would be with the, with the energy of evolve, what's the kind of energy in there? Energy, as far as it's lively, it's funky, it's, you know, like uh, that sort of thing. So what, if I was a client going in to evolve, what would I feel going into for the first time? You, so if you're a client going in, you'd be, um, you would just love the atmosphere walking in. It's so bright. It's so welcoming. Um, The music's always great. Um, We play ranges of music. Like we're not, we're not just a one, a one playlist uh, type of salon. We're very, um, like we're very a lot. Like we elaborate on our on our musical taste. So like we all, all have our own playlists. So like I have mine, and a couple and our stylists and managers have um, their own playlists. And sometimes we put on our own playlists, and then we're on Spotify as well. So you can actually listen to our playlists outside of the salon, which I thought was a great idea. And it's something that you can connect with your stylist and see what kind of music they are, they're into. And we update it all the time. Well, as much as we can. Uh, yes. We're not as busy. Um, but we also create, um, a very eco-conscious, healthy environment as well. Um, we're very into, uh, creating, you know, mindfulness and giving back to ourselves Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, to our clients. So, um, the clients definitely know that we're very family oriented. We're just all around, um, helping each other out. We're a very, very Mm -hmm. team oriented, um, salon. And that's something that I'm very, very much, um, a fan of because if I'm if I need assistance um, with a client, the client already like I can let the client know the client knows the people in the salon already, so it's very easy for them to be like I don't mind if she does my blow dry today if you need to do something. Mm-hmm. It's just very very open. We're honest. We're very um, we're just we just want to make sure our clients are comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I I've heard numerous times that every time they walk into the salon, they're like Wow, it feels so nice in here. Mm-hmm. We're very big on essential oils too, so we have those going we infuse our hot towels with essential oils too mm-hmm. and we create um when we're doing scalp massages like an aromatherapy type of scalp massage with mm-hmm. essential oils it's just great it's such a great environment and something that um i didn't really know was out there <laughs> until no. they reached out to me so yeah and th- and that's a big thing is the experience it's not so much i mean a great personality or a great haircut or a great blow dry or blow out sometimes it's that those little extra things that you can do in a salon that a lot of people don't know they don't know how can i take my salon to the next level and that's part of it it's really about the experience more so than technique and that's one thing i've learned through doing hair and years of hair that people want an experience and if you don't provide an experience for them they're going to go somewhere else and I'll, you know, find it, find it there. And it's to say like, and it's nice that you can have a team that it's not like, well, I'm not going to help them. They didn't help me. And so many salons are like that. Well, I'm on commission or I'm on this, so I'm not going to help anybody else. Say they get backlogged and now, you know, everybody else is standing over to the side. Nobody's going to help them. And you can't expect, even if you have assistance to make those assistants do every single thing for you. Right. No, they're there to help you, but I don't believe assistance. Um, as I say, they should assist you in creating a, a great experience, but I don't think they should be run into, you know, ran into the ground and, and they're learning as well. And we all were at that point at one time when I first assisted, I assisted 12, 12 Silas myself. Yeah. So that makes you think a lot better. You think ahead, but you also have to be ready for everything. It's not yeah. just sweeping the floor, answering the phone, <laughs> doing yeah. that kind of stuff. You really want to, 
you know, embrace and, and really learn from other stylists. And that's what I found that working, probably same for yourself, that you can always learn from other people. Right. So is that your case where you are now? Yeah. Evolve? So it's actually, I, I have a whole new respect. Um, and I always had respect, but like I always, I have a newfound respect for assistant work. Um, I was doing it for sure. So I know we all can kind of, um, I guess, accept what we've been through and being an assistant. It's not the greatest kind of work, but um, our stylists at the salon, we have two, uh, two ladies who just got on the floor, um, I think in the new year, so January full time, but in between they're taking clients every other day and then doing assistant work. The good thing about those assistants um, in the salon and having them is that they've already, they already know. So if like they've been to hair school, they've, um, they're just kind of working their way up, but they have been trained so well by their school and by our, like our bosses and like other stylists in the salon, they were um, like if I needed, for example, like I have my level of work or my standard of work that I would put out and le let somebody leave with. So I do a root smudge differently than somebody else would. Mm -hmm. But what I realized when I came into there, these two women, um, literally I could say, do this and it would come out just exactly how I would imagined it. Like if I, for example, put in the foils and I need them to tone it or do like a root tap with like a toner through the ends. Mm -hmm. I'm so confident that I can literally just leave them to it. I don't have to worry about it, which yeah. to me is the best. And like, we have, we have another assistant too. Like we have, like, we just all help each other out, but mm -hmm. we have an assistant that, you know, helps with toners and washing and, you know, making sure the salon just looks the way it needs to ripping foils for us. And you know what? Big props to her too, because she, it, she keeps our feet going as well. And keeps, <laughs> you know, the salon looking great too. And she, um, she's not a hairstylist, but she's worked in salons. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's just nice having her as well. And she's, she's able to take on kind of like the kind of easier work that doesn't require, mm -hmm. you know, a full on root application, but no. we've, we've trained her and we, and we, we consistently, you know, try to train her up to a certain point. And I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah. Well, if she's listening, we'll give a shout out to her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is like, people don't realize how important that is because I know being super busy when you don't have foils, when you got to rip them yourself, you got <laughs> yeah. I know some stylists that won't even rip their own, <laughs> their yeah, own exactly. foils, but sometimes you have to do it. But sometimes having that all done and let's say it still lends to that experience when the client is coming in because it, then if the stylist has everything ready for them, it makes it more comforting for the, the client coming in because they know everything is running smoothly as opposed to, now I got to sit while they go and get foils. Now I got to wait here with my head wet until somebody can wash yeah. me off. Now I have to, you know what I mean? That's all part of it. And a client coming in shouldn't have to worry about anything. So if you have any, everything covered from stylist to how you communicate with your assistant, um, even, even as I say, if the, if your assistant is able to do blow dries, do that, have them have a relationship with your client that when you say, Hey, Sally, I'm really busy. Do you mind if, you know, the, my assistant, you know, blow dries your hair for you, blows you out, I'll finish you off, which right. most times they don't mind because if they're scared, you know, and that's sometimes a nice way because we know how it is when we're doing a lot of blowouts, especially holiday time, unless you love doing blowouts with a round brush and thick hair, yeah. <laughs> takes you forever. It's great practice for them. Plus it allows you to kind of, you know, put your schedule in a little bit fuller 
and then everybody's still happy and nobody's being brushed off to the next right. the next person right but culture is important experience is important um camaraderie team team effort is important so that kind of brings us to education so as far as education other than school do you apply yourself do you take courses do you have in salon training um what type of things do you do to kind of upgrade yourself well um one of the things that we've uh like from what i've experienced from the first salon to this salon is you're required as your job to take courses. So um, it's actually a job requirement now. Um, my first salon was have to take three courses a year at least. Um, and I believe it actually evolves the same way or at least kind of putting out there mm -hmm. and showing them that you're taking and you're upgrading your knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, we do in salon classes. Um, this year hasn't really gone off to the greatest start in terms mm -hmm. of everything that's going on. But I know that once we're back and stronger than ever, we're gonna start really going into education. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and like getting in some uh, classes. I'm actually doing another class. Um, it just got, I was supposed to do it actually this past week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it's actually being postponed. So I'm going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty hefty course. It's a great lengths hair extensions course. Yes. I'm just going in and, and doing like the full thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's always great to go in and to upgrade all the time. And even yeah. anybody listening now, there's a lot of stuff online. Even there's a lot of people doing Facebook lives, Instagram lives, YouTube lives. Um, there, there's a lot of certification courses. There's a lot, like you say, even if you know it, it's always good to go back or expand your, because the more knowledge you have, I think it helps in your um, tier pricing as well, because the more you know and the better you get, and the yep. more you put out for education, it's going to come back to you. Because how can you, you know, charge an extra whatever for this service if you're not even willing to pay? Uh, you want the the two hundred or five hundred you're going to make, but you want to pay the hundred bucks for the class or right. two hundred or twelve hundred, whatever it may be. I don't think education is ever is ever a waste, <laughs> I, you know, at all. I think that like with education, I've taken some courses two, three times and I've retained at least mm -hmm. a little bit of information each yes. time in terms of, you know, I've taken a course and then I go back and take it again. For example, um, things may be a little bit different and I'm actually might pick up another tool, but as long as I'm walking away with something out of the course, I've done my job and I've done my, my part. Um, and I think it's really important. I think the investment in assist, um, it is, it's a lot, um, you know, being a hairstylist, it's not, it's not like we're making thousands and hundreds and like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's your initial investment upfront is expensive, but like the, the return, it might not come as fast, but it still, it helps you out so much. Um, and any advice that I could give is make sure you're just ed like getting educated as much as you can. It's, I don't think that people realize that like people kind of go, oh, I learned what I learned. I might learn a few things in the job, but I'm done. I don't want to go back to school. I don't want to do any of these things, but you're only really hurting yourself in the end, in my opinion. And you're just, you're kind of cutting yourself off to so many different things. And then you get those people that go, Oh, I'm not making the money I thought, or I'm, I'm getting bored. I'm going to change careers. I'm just like, you kind of got to invest in yourself and that's also a requirement. I think of any job is, you know, up your skills. Um, things are constantly changing. I, I, I have this thing in my head where I'm like, if somebody ever comes into me and asks me for a service and I have no idea what it is, mm -hmm. I'm screwed. Like I, <laughs> I, I never want that to happen. So I want to make sure that we're up to, you know, I'm up mm -hmm. to here and up to the industry standards or what's being put out. 
Exactly, because tra trends are changing all the time, or sometimes it's something you do already know, but they've just called it a different name. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, I want this, and everybody brings in their, their pictures, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, I want this. And as you say, and the upgrading, and as I say, yes, it's a definite factor, but how important do you think social media is? Now that you have your accounts, um, do you think where is the best place to put yourself out there? Um, does it work? How long do you think it really takes to build, build up a clientele, right? Like followers, but out of the followers you have, you know what I mean? Because I think there's a difference in having followers and having actual paying clients <laughs> that follow you. Yeah. Um, social media has changed even in the last five, six years that I've been doing here so much. Um, I, I wish I knew the formula for that. I am still working on it myself. I'm actually, I just took a social media course the other day with my boss. She's very, very um, good with that kind of thing. And she was kind of giving me some pointers and tips. Um, but social media, definitely Instagram's huge right now. Um, you know, a lot of people complain about this algorithm thing, um, how they're not getting any reach, but you have to also do your work behind it too. And this is something I just learned the other day. Like I know a lot of us kind of, you know, we post our pictures, we can hashtag and tag people and locations. But what it really boils down to is your engagement with people. So if people are commenting on your, um, your Instagram and I'm still working on it too. I'm not perfect, but it's engaging with your clients, um, you know, establishing and, and, um, and finding your ideal clientele. So you need to search that. So, um, some exercises that I've done with my boss and she actually just opened me up to so many like different things mm -hmm. is picture your client. Who is she? What does she do? All these things. And then you go out and you find people on Instagram that mm -hmm. match your clientele. Hey, I'd love to do your hair. Reach out. Like, the, like be authentic. Like don't go through and like 20,000 of their pictures and then nothing out of it and just say, Hey, I want to do your hair. Do two or three every so often mm -hmm. comment something authentic. Like, Oh, I really like your lipstick. I really yes. like your hair in this picture or I like your shoes, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Things that actually you do find that you like about this person. And then, you know, save them for another time go back a couple days later and because mm -hmm. we'll probably upload it a few more pictures and just be and just keep that kind of cycle going and then eventually they're like oh you know they might jump ship and mm -hmm. I think that you won't get that for everybody but as soon as you yeah. you know kind of get into that routine habit you'll start noticing that return um I I'm going to be starting to work on that a lot more mm -hmm. um but it's just definitely staying consistent you know one thing with Instagram and building followers um it's not as easy as it once used to be. Mm -hmm. um, so now it's just, you got to hashtag the, um, the right things. You got to um, change up your hashtags. So if you do the same hashtags, every single post, you get kind of shadow banned. So you're not going to get as much reach. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's been, yeah. um, there's no specific formula to it. You got to kind of mm -hmm. play with different options. I've been playing with it for mm -hmm. five years. So yeah. Um, and I've, I've built from three, 400 up mm -hmm. to 1930 now, mm -hmm. and that's still not a lot, but, um, it's, it's, de it's just organic growth. It's not something that I've paid into or, mm -hmm. um, you know, follow all these people and then unfollow them. So I have this following, you know what I mean? Like, it's just very organic and I'm very mm -hmm. honest and, you know, I just don't think the follower count really identifies you as who no, you because you could have 10 million followers and then three likes. You can yeah. have 10 million followers and two clients. You could have 50 followers and have 25 clients. Right. So it, it doesn't really matter about that. But like you're saying, you're, yes, it takes time, but you need to be consistent and you're building relationships, offline relationships first into a, you know, uh, 
an online relationship into an offline relationship. So Absolutely. you like their posts and you're authentic because a lot of, there are bots out there and that's what they do. They, they have these things that people get and then they comment on people's things. They do this. Hey, I like your stuff or follow me. <laughs> that's not, yeah. probably not the way to go without starting a relationship first and having to know a little bit about a little bit about that person sort yeah. of thing. Um, but it's time's flying. It's already been like 40 minutes already. <laughs> so usually, yeah, we, we try to keep the podcast around and we have a lot more to say. We usually have a second one or do a, a Facebook live. So we're going to kind of wrap up a little bit, but if you were to give some nuggets of gold, what would be your empowerment um, type of words of wisdom for everyone? Um, I would definitely say stay current um, keep up what you're doing, get educated and keep like getting educated all through, um, create some space for yourself. Um, work-life balance is huge. Um, and also, yeah, take the time to really focus on yourself. And that's something that in the hair industry we're lacking. So, um, and it's, it's a known thing throughout the board, making sure that you're taking the time for yourself to recover and process because that's the most important. You're the one behind the chair and you need to be on top all the time. So I definitely say create some time for yourself, whether it be through yoga, meditation, whatever your, your niche is, um, you know, create some time for yourself. There's work-life balance. Everybody needs it. Wow, that's been amazing. So I want to say thank you, Richie, for being on the Hairstylist Empowerment Podcast. I'm B. Rad, celebrity hairstylist, your host, and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, and turn on your notifications. See you next time.